Welcome back to another Adam Schefter podcast as we are currently at the NFL owners meetings in Phoenix, Arizona, about to wrap up this meeting. And we will be joined by a man who is a fourth round pick out of LSU in 2019, played the last four years with the Raiders, where he had over 1,100 receiving yards and 12 touchdowns. He was a free agent this offseason when a routine physical with the New Orleans Saints revealed that he had Hodgkin's lymphoma and he would have to step away from the game of football. And think about that. Foster Moreau, the free agent tight end, goes to New Orleans for a routine visit and finds out that he's got Hodgkin's lymphoma. And he will join us today to talk about what that experience was like for him. Of course, the talk of the NFL these days focuses around two quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. And guess what? It looks like the talk of those two individuals will go on for quite some time. And of course, it'll start with Aaron Rodgers. And it was interesting the other night that the Packers general manager, Brian Gutekunst, said he didn't view getting back a first round pick in this trade as a necessity. His word, necessity, not necessary to get back a first round pick, which I think changes the dynamics of these trade talks between these two teams. He did say at the same time, Aaron's a premier player. So I think getting back premier picks or players is important. So, yes, he's not just going to take any offer. And the Jets obviously know that they're going to have to pay a steep price to get Aaron Rodgers. But both sides really do have some leverage in this particular case. The Packers have the quarterback the Jets want, that they're planning around, that will be in New York this season, or so they think. And if the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers, then it would be even harder to compete for the AFC East. They have to have him. And so the Jets need him. And so the Packers have some leverage there. But the Jets can counter by saying Aaron Rodgers already has stated his intentions. He intends to play for the Jets. He doesn't want to play anymore in Green Bay. He's got $110 million in guaranteed money. You have to get rid of him. And as one person said to me, this can be a case study in leverage in law classes. Which side's got more leverage? Who needs to act sooner? Both sides really need to get it done. And I know that talks can change in a matter of moments, and a deal always could get consummated. But the next inflection point to me, if there's not a breakthrough, would be the week of the draft. Because the Packers are going to have to know that they will want a pick or picks in the upcoming 2023 draft for the quarterback who's not going to play anymore in Green Bay. And the Jets, they feel comfortable waiting because their offseason program doesn't begin until April 17th. Their first on-field activities for their minicamp are not until May. So if they get to use all the picks that they have in the upcoming draft, that just means they'll have a better roster for the time that they do trade for Aaron Rodgers. So the Jets want to get this done, but are not in a rush to get it done. And the Packers want to get it done, but aren't in a rush to get it done because they feel they have leverage. So it's two sides, each dug in, And we'll see where and when it ends. My prediction, my guess would be the week of the draft would be the most logical, but hopefully the two sides can figure out something even sooner. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you 
to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Lamar Jackson saga makes the Aaron Rodgers story look like it's going to move fast. Because right now, we do not see an obvious team that is prepared to make a run at Lamar Jackson. Now, maybe that'll happen. Maybe it'll happen soon. And then the Baltimore Ravens also will have a decision to make. But there aren't many teams that have, say, $50 million of cap space for Lamar Jackson. There aren't many teams with a gaping hole at quarterback. There aren't many teams willing to give up at least two first-round picks and return to Baltimore. And Baltimore always can match the offer sheet. It's a tough deal to do. And yes, Lamar Jackson is an elite quarterback, a game changer, somebody who is a unanimous NFL MVP. Yes, he would be an upgrade over so many quarterbacks on so many teams. But what teams are asking is, what is the cost of Lamar Jackson? And in their minds, most, if not all of them so far, have determined that the cost of Lamar Jackson is more for them. Right now, they'd be willing to pay which is why we are left with a situation where Baltimore and Lamar Jackson are nowhere near a contract agreement. And Lamar has demanded a trade out of Baltimore to try to shake things up because the market has been soft and flat and quiet. So here we are waiting for Lamar Jackson, which could go on into the summer and even into the season and waiting for an Aaron Rodgers trade. And the wait will continue on both quarterbacks. Rodgers probably gets done first, Lamar second, but this is the league, the NFL, and things change quick. We'll see which one goes first. All right, let's go back to our guest today, the free agent tight end, Foster Moreau. What a story. Played great in Vegas, has had over 1,100 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns, would be a free agent acquisition. But let's hear from him on the events that transpired last week and the hopes he has for playing in the NFL in the future. Foster Moreau. Foster! How are you doing? How are we doing? I'm doing I'm doing well. You feeling okay? I'm feeling great. I appreciate you doing this. And I reached out because obviously your story last week was so shocking to so many people. And I think so many people took an interest in it that I wanted to hear from you what the whole thing was like. Recount the story. Fill us in on your future. I know that it's probably better than people think. Why don't we start with how you're feeling right now? Sure. Uh, right now, I'm feeling great. Um, there's been a massive outpouring of love and support. Um, people have been coming from all ends of the earth to tell me that, look, um, my cousin had this. My brother had this. Um, I've coached a, I've coached a, a 
group of group of kids and you know it was a it was a full it's basically been the the full regalia of of people giving me giving me support and giving me hope and um obviously that's um that's been a blessing that's been a blessing to me and i feel i feel really good i don't feel any different and um i'm looking forward to taking on a new challenge was there one message in there that impacted you more than others one that surprised you from somebody else like that like wow i can't believe this person texted me and sent this message that's a yeah that's a great question um there were there were a many number of messages but um i had gotten a uh i'd gotten a call from coach ed ogeron and he he sounded like he was on the road he left a small voicemail and um you know that that meant the world to me, certainly. And I, I hooked back up with him and he said, you're a fighter, 18, a bunch of different stuff. But it it just it meant the world to me. That was just, that's and that's one small example of a guy who didn't have to say anything, didn't have to do anything, but just reached out. And um, yeah, I mean, I was I was close with Coach O and, and him doing that for me was was tremendous. But seeing a seeing a bunch of different tweets and support from people I hadn't even met. Um, you know, I saw I saw a Damian Lillard tweet and I'm a huge NBA basketball fan. So uh, uh, I was like, I mean, this this is crazy. Um, wow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> well, you know, it shows you how much your story impacted so many people and how far it reached. So take me through it. How does this happen? Like, give me the backstory to what the hell. Exactly. The, you know, the, the craziest part of the entire story um, is that uh, I received two physicals within 24 hours. And the second physical was the one that picks up on my my inflamed lymph node. Right. So for me, I'm uh, it free agency just starts, Adam. Right. And I'm I'm like chomping at the bit. I, I'm excited. I'm stressed out. You know, I I got my agent calling me and he's like look, man, you know, there's a lot going on. The deals might not be that great. The tight end class coming in is, is, is supposedly tremendous. And I'm like, all right, Joe, like, I, I hear you. I hear you. You just keep doing your job. I'll just keep doing mine. And, you know, I'm just going to sit tight and I'm, I'm not going to be stressed about it. Right. So he's like, Hey, the Bengals are interested. You should go take a visit because I mean, you want to see where you're going to be for the next three to four years. Right. I'm like, Oh, absolutely. Joe, that's a tremendous idea. So I get on a flight and I go to Cincinnati and they do a couple of different, uh, you know, I had, I had an ACL injury back in 2019. So they, they want to do a scan on that. And they're doing a couple of different x-rays. The doctor, the doctor comes in and I mean, I, it's absolutely no shade to him, but the way that they treated the physical was more of a, a football related medical physical. Right. And that's just, that's what a lot of teams do. Right. I, I did this with the Raiders for four years and they would do a, a medically related physical in terms of just making sure my joints are good. My, my ACLs are good. Uh, and, um, looking at the scans and from those scans that he showed, the doctor sent me down. He's like, look, you know, you use your knees a lot. You're probably going to have arthritis later in your life. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I could have told you that. Um, but we, we basically, we hammered that out and he's like, I mean, you're healthy as an ox. Like you seem good to go. I'm like, fantastic. Okay. So I finish up the visit with them. I fly down same day to New Orleans and um, I wake up and I do a physical at 7 a.m. They do blood work and um, 
the doctor puts his hands on me, he gives me the stuff. It's like a, it's like a normal family doctor type of checkup. And he, he puts his hands on me. And the first thing he touches, I swear to you was he touches my, my left lymph node system right here up in my collarbone. And he goes, it's, it's shocking. It's shocking to him at how swollen this thing is. He's like, this is, we need to, we need to check this thing out. It's about this. It's about the size of golf ball. And I'm like, oh gosh, okay. Well, to me, obviously the alarm bells are starting to go off, right? I'm like, okay. Like I kind of felt this thing before, like a little earlier this month. So we go upstairs and uh, we, we do a CAT scan, right? And they're looking at it. He goes up and he, he sends it to the radiologist and I'm just sitting down watching Watching March or watching March Madness highlights, talking about it with the with the driver from the Saints. His name was Harry, um, and we're it's the craziest story. But he sits me down. He says, "Hey, Harry, would you go and and call Mickey Loomis, GM for the Saints?" And he's like, "Hey, call Mickey and tell him the the visit might have to be held off. Um, we got to do some stuff." So at that point, I'm like, "Oh no, this is." terrible and he sits me down and starts educating me on hodgkin's lymphoma so he's like that's what it looks like you have let's take you upstairs let's talk to the radiologist you can see the scans for yourself they start talking to me obviously i'm shell-shocked um stoic just trying to take it as best i could but um they do an on-site biopsy where they they cut a small two centimeter little uh little incision and they take some core samples out of my out of my lymph node there. And, um, you know, I, I, I go home. It's the craziest thing is that I'm, I'm from new Orleans. Right. So it's like, I'm 10 minutes away from my mom, five minutes away from my dad. And I, uh, I go and, and I'm, I'm speaking with them and the biopsy results come back a few days later and it turns up positive for Hodgkin's. But, um, if I'd have found that out in Cincinnati, I'm, I'm a full, I'm a full flight away. I'm in a different world with, I don't know anyone there. Um, it's just, it, it's crazy how it wound up working out. Um, wild. I, Foster, when they say Hodgkin's lymphoma for the first time to you, what goes through your mind? Um, fear. Fear. Uh, I mean, cause it's a, it's a term that I don't quite understand. Right. It, it's, you know, cancer is a scary word. Um, ca cancer is an extremely scary word. And that's, you know, I had no history of any cancers on my mom's or my dad's side of the family. So I was, I was terrified and, um, you know, did a lot of, did a lot of research on it, but just the unknowns of what you're about to go through. Right. Because people can, people can explain to you, um, they can explain to you what it is, but they can't really tell you how you're going to feel. Right. And so just hearing these lymphomas, these, these lymphocytes, these different cell types, um, doing biopsies, obviously the word chemotherapy is, is, um, a huge trigger word in, in our society. And, um, it's just, it was, it was a lot, but, um, honestly, I, I had so many people, um, from so many different walks of life. I went to a, I went to high school with, with, with a guy who had Hodgkin's lymphoma in high school. And, uh, 
nearly the entire grade had, had shaved their heads in support. Um, and so getting on the phone with him and connecting with him was um, uh, very, very helpful on my mental, my mental health. What was the takeaway from that call, Foster? Um, that it's, this is highly treatable. It's highly curable. Um, and he was extremely supportive. He said, you're strong and you're strong willed. And at times you're even stubborn, um, more often than not, but you're going to get, you're going to get through this and you're going to return back to your life. Um, like it wasn't ever there. And you're going to join, um, a group of society that will forever be bonded together through a terrible, terrible illness. So what now for you? So are you in chemo? Like, I, I, forgive me for I, what happens now. I, I understand. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. I, and it, it was extremely confusing to me, but the whole, the whole timeline kind of comes together. It kind of comes to a head this Friday. I, I go back to new Orleans tomorrow. I take a PET scan on, on Thursday, which will be full body. Um, you, you basically drink fluid. It, it goes through your body and it lights up areas of inflammation that are um, that it's targeting, right? So I go and I do this full PET scan. They see what stage I'm at. So stage one would be the isolated lymph node where they found the initial cancer. Stage two would be, they call it um, the area and below, right? So somewhere, somewhere below in the same lymph nodes. Um, Stage three would be below and above. So if it had traveled upwards and then stage four would be somewhere on the vital organs. And these are all things that I had no idea about um, quite a, a time, obviously until they said it. Do they have any insight as to what stage it's at right now? Do they think it's at stage one? They believe that it was caught at an early stage because I didn't show any of the B symptoms. So the exhaustion, the night sweats, the loss of weight, um, None of that had appeared. I, I, I mean, I could obviously tell them if it happened, but it didn't. Um, they just found the cancerous lymph node. So that was what that was what triggered the the initial scan, and that was what came up positive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to go back to you finding that golf ball size lump in your yeah. neck chest area. When you found it about a month or so ago, what did you think? Did you want to get it checked out? Left it alone? Honestly, Adam, it was, uh, I kind of felt it. I'm like that, you know, I've gotten sick before I feel in my, I, I've felt my lymph nodes get bigger. Certainly. Like I've, I felt those things get, <clears throat> get bigger and, you know, it, it wasn't primarily a concern, but I do remember thinking, you know, I'm probably going to have to take a physical within the next couple of weeks anyway. Uh, I'm sure like these guys will be able to find it if, you know, I mean, if anything's wrong, it shouldn't be a problem. Wow. Uh, wow. And I mean, God willing, I was, I was right. Um, which is, it's, it's weird to have to try to have a positive attitude about it because it's such a negatively viewed thing. 
But in terms of what it could have been, it could have been much worse. It could have been way down the line, right? Because the, for whatever team I had signed for, say I say the Bengals didn't let me leave the building, right? right. Say I just exactly, and I'm I'm just sitting here, no idea. So basically, and I'm not making this. If you had signed with Cincinnati that day, it would not have been detected. No, there there would there would have been no detection. And how close did you come to getting the deal done with them that day? Oh, not not I, I wasn't too close to it. I, I wouldn't say. I think their owner their owner wasn't in right, and they deal heavily with their owner in terms of who they sign with. Um, but I, I'd be it. You know, I, I think they like me a lot, and I think that there was um, certainly a a need for them but yeah. I, it wasn't i didn't go there with the intention to sign but yeah. had there been a had there been deals in place that we were looking at i would have pr- had to easily have to consider it. they're they're obviously a very close team to winning a championship they got a yeah. great quarterback that i know very well a great receiver that i know very well uh it yeah it had been it had been hard for me to think of anything otherwise but had that have happened that's absolutely right i i would have had no idea you played with both guys at LSU, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, correct? I sure did. Yeah, they're 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 pretty good. Now, here's the other thing: what if you weren't a free agent now and you'd found that lump in your neck, Chester? Would you have gone and got it checked out on your own, or did the fact that your contract was up now and you're a free agent help save this? Adam, I I can't lie to you. I I mean, there, there's probably no chance I go I go get it checked out. And by, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know your personal beliefs or the people listening's personal beliefs, but, um, you know, I, I am a believer in God and um, his timing is absolute. And um, for me, you know, it feels like the timing sucks every which way you look at it. Right. I'm a free agent. I, I, I don't necessarily have a home. Right. Um, the Raiders have been supportive. The Saints have been incredibly supportive. Um and I'm, I'm grateful for what they've shown me. But, you know, if, if I was, if this was last year, if I had one year left on my contract, I wouldn't have given it a second thought, truthfully. So what now? Do, do, are you going to be able to play again? Can you even think about playing it? Is that not an option? So um, I had looked a little bit into the research of it and looked at the other, other players who have gone through this. Um, namely, Eric Berry was just, just like that. It was the first name that came to my mind, right? And so I go look to see when he caught it, what had happened, where was it, um, and what his timeline was. And so for him um, and also James Conner, they both had Hodgkin's lymphoma located in their chest area, like kind of behind, yeah, kind of behind their rib cage almost. And they were able to treat that and be back within um, seven and eight months, respectively. Um, So for me... um, thinking about being able to play this year i wouldn't say it's out of the question but i'd also say it's definitely not my main priority right taking a step back and making sure that i could become cancer free go into remission gain my health strength weight speed and um just you know kind of get into the groove of being a player again because obviously at the time that i would be coming in everyone else would be mid-season form right so that would obviously be a, a tall task for me to do, but I'm not ruling it out entirely. I just, I need to get healthy first. But-
But for those guys, I, I feel like theirs was in a harder accessible location. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the chemo, in terms of the treatment, um, it being in that, in that chest area, um, is just, is wild for me to even think about just because mine right now feels so isolated up here, kind of in a very, it's pushing right up against my skin. You know, it's, it's wild. Have you had a chance to speak to either Eric Berry or James Conner about this? Have you reached out to them or them to you? Um, I had received both of their phone numbers from old teammates of theirs, and mm-hmm. I have yet to try to reach out to them because I would like to see what my timeline is first um, in terms of when my treatments will be, um, what my cell type of cancer is, um, and to try to not compare mine to theirs, but see you know, what exactly it'll look like and how I would be feeling um, as I come out of chemotherapy treatment. And where are you going to be doing all this? Like, are you going to New Orleans and staying in New Orleans to be treated and to fight this? Or are you going to be coming back to Las Vegas? What's the situation there and how it will play out? For what it looks like right now, Adam, it looks like I'll be I'll be handling it down in New Orleans. Um, I found a doctor's name's uh, Dr. Carter Davis. Um, he's uh, he's a Duke graduate, MD Anderson affiliate. Um, they're basically a satellite for MD Anderson, which is a extremely well-renowned cancer hospital in Houston. Um, and so it looks like I will be doing it down there. And funny enough, um, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. The, the, one of the heads of the, uh, of the cancer treatment station in Oshner hospital is my old babysitter from when I grew up, when I was little from all the way from like three to 10. Um, and we're extremely close with her. Her name's, her name's Lauren Miller. Um, I mean, it's, there's so many funny stories, but, um, you know, she used to take care of me then and it looks like she might be taking care of me now. Um, which is just wild. That's incredible. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. I I would just say you're an inspiration. I I could just see the work that you've put into this, the attitude that you have, and you are just the kind of guy to take this on. I really like you got a great attitude and, and, and I can say this unequivocally. I know everybody will be watching and pulling for you during the course of this process, praying for you and thinking about you. Like it was unbelievable when you announced it that day on social media, how much support came forth at that time. Right. Crazy. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was, it was very special. Thank you for that. Um, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, and, uh, certainly in all the people believing in me, um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish this on anyone. Uh, but in terms of, People who I know I can beat it, I certainly believe in myself. Have you had a moment where it beat you up and you just, you, it, it got a little heavy for you there, Foster? Or uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you, you are human? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, uh, I got home from the hospital and my mom was right there at the front door and we embraced. Um, and for the first time in many, many years, I, I cried in my mom's arms and, um, it was, uh, it was, it was scary. It was, um, it was hard. Um, even when, you know, they said, uh, Hey, it looks like cancer. We'd say up to about 95%. It really looks like cancer. We'd 
um, it, it's probably not benign. It, it probably has the thought of spreading and, um, you know, medicine's imperfect, but that's just what we see. And until we have the results back, we won't fully know. I said, okay. Um, so obviously, you know, I tend to play the percentages and I've beaten a lot of odds in my life, Adam. Um, and if I could beat those odds, I would have loved to, but I've also kicked a lot of ass. And, um, if I couldn't beat the odds, then I just have to deal with it. And, um, it, it was, it was hard and it was, and it was scary. And, you know, every day passes and it seems to ease up on my mind a little bit. And, um, by the time that first chemotherapy session starts, uh, it'll be like, uh, it'll be like Sunday morning, waking up and, uh, getting ready to kick someone's ass. And you're going to do that. Amen. And we're going to be here pulling for you and rooting for you. And what you haven't heard the last from me, I'm going to bring you back here. We're going to check in whenever you're physically and mentally and emotionally ready for it. You have an open invite to update all the people who care about you on how you're doing when you're ready to do that. And we're all behind you here, Foster. Thank you, Adam. I, I appreciate that more than you know. Well, I appreciate you taking the time like this. It was very raw. It was very real. It was very honest. And like I said, everybody is in your corner. Thank you. And so there is the free agent tight end, Foster Moreau, who will be continuing his NFL career, thankfully. And what a story that is. Just imagine going into free agency and having the experience that he just did. An incredible story. And we thank him very much for his time. All right. Well, we're thankful for doctors, for Foster Moreau. How about this story? On Sunday, we are flying to the NFL owners meetings in Phoenix, Arizona. And we are flying out of Newark, New Jersey, because that's where my company wanted me to fly out. Cheaper flight out of Newark than in New York. So I had to leave my house a little bit earlier to go out to a 9.50 a.m. flight out of Newark. And we get there and we take off. And we start flying to Phoenix, Arizona. And we're about 30 minutes into the flight when there's an announcement saying, is there any doctors aboard? Not a good announcement to hear. Never a good sign when you're in the air. And somebody raised their hand and you could hear a lot of bustle going on in the very back of the plane. And as it turned out, you feel the plane like shifting. Plane turns around. Plane rushes back to Newark, New Jersey. When we land, you hear a loud ovation from the back of the plane. And as it turned out, there was a child, a baby, who I saw getting off the plane, had to be three, four, five months, six months tops. Baby was getting off the plane and the baby's heart valve was failing during the flight. There were issues and the baby was passing out. And I guess the baby had some issues like that. Again, I don't have the full details, but I have enough details to pass along the story. Baby not doing well. Baby passes out. Flight attendant administers CPR to the baby. And when they made the announcement for the doctor, it turned out that there was a pediatric cardiologist from Columbia Presbyterian on board that went back to where the flight attendant was administering CPR. And I guess they ordered the flight back to Newark and that plane was hustling to get back because when we landed, it was almost like a crash landing, like a big thump. Now, somebody pointed out that's because we had just left. The gas tank was full of fuel and carrying all that extra weight made for the very, very rocky landing. Fortunately, the baby was saved. 
The flight attendant who administered the CPR, understandably, did not want to continue on to Arizona, had just been through a traumatic experience. And so she left, and that meant they had to get a whole new crew, and that meant a five-hour delay. And that meant by the time I left my house to the time I got to Arizona, it was a 14-hour trip. But the baby was saved, and I would be delayed 14 hours every time if it meant saving a child's life, which was the most important thing. And that child's life was saved, fortunately, thanks to the actions of that great flight attendant on the American flight that was scheduled to leave Newark at 9.50 a.m. on Sunday to Phoenix, Arizona. Game ball to the flight attendant. Game ball to the pediatric cardiologist on board. Game balls to everybody on that crew who did a great, great job in helping save that baby's life. An incredible incident. And so we have that story to go along with Foster Moreau's story. And we see once again how valuable the work of medical people in our lives, doctors, nurses, and even flight attendants who know CPR. Again, more and more people should learn that. Something I actually wouldn't mind setting out to do this offseason, learning CPR. Once again, we see the merits of that in this particular case. Incredible day on Sunday flying out to Phoenix, Arizona. All right, I want to thank the free agent tight end, Foster Moreau, for his time today. I want to thank my great producers, uh, Christina Buswell, Sarah Abbott. I want to thank the flight attendant and the doctor aboard that flight to Arizona. And you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week when we'll be back from the NFL owners meetings with the latest information, insights, and interviews. Until then, have a great week, be well, and stay safe.